Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon to everyone. This is your host, Prophetess Kathy L. McKenzie, and today is Wednesday afternoon, 1 p.m. This is the Master Key, the Order of Kingdom Relationships. And I thank you for joining with us this afternoon. Uh, we pray that God will encourage your heart today and encourage all of those who will come back and listen later on as God is speaking to us concerning the Order of Kingdom Relationships. Uh, by way of announcement, uh, before we get started with what we believe God wants to speak to us today, we have our prayer line that is coming up at the end of the month, which is next Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And if you can join us, we'd love for you to join us uh, on the prayer line. It begins at 5.30 a.m. You can go to our website, ejmpcc.com, and you can get the uh, phone number and the code. Again, that is 5.30 a.m., and it's Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Tell someone about the uh, prayer line. Also tell someone about the broadcast. We love for you to share and spread the word concerning what God is saying and doing uh, in this last hour and what God is speaking to you on the master key. Um, Today, again, is the order of kingdom relationships. Um, I want to look at something today concerning relationships, concerning Jesus his relationship with the Father, uh, Jesus said uh, in the Word of God, um, in Mark 10 and 8, the two shall become one flesh. The two shall become, shall become. In other words, they're not one flesh. Uh, they're not one, uh, but they are two. But they, the two shall become one flesh so that they are no longer two, but they are one. How does the two become one. It's a process. Um, Those of you who are married, if you've been married one day, I'm sure you realize that becoming one flesh is a process. It's not something that happens overnight. And does Satan know this? Absolutely. Will Satan fight you becoming one flesh? Absolutely. Uh, Does Satan want you to become one flesh? No, sir. (laughs) No, ma'am. He doesn't. And so he would do whatever he can to hinder uh, the husband and the wife becoming one flesh. Um, You have two imperfect people coming together, uh, working to become one flesh. Um, He comes with his mindset, his paradigm, the way he was raised with, with all of his upbringing. She comes with her mindset. Uh, with her her upbringing, um, things that, you know, trying to make a relationship uh, uh, happen and trying to make it one flesh. So you have two imperfect people, two people thinking totally different, but God said, the scripture here in Mark 10 and 8, the two shall become one flesh. So is it possible? Yes, it is. How do you do it? By only one way. Ladies and gentlemen, only one way the two can become or shall become one flesh, and that's self-denial, denying self, and uh, learning how through the Spirit of God, because that's the only way we can do it, through the Spirit of God, me denying myself, uh, through the Spirit of the Lord God, He shows you and I how to become one flesh. If we're not looking to God, we're not looking to the Spirit of God, it will not happen. Genesis 2 and 24 says, which is a springboard off of, uh, uh, St. Mark is a springboard off of uh, Genesis 2 and 24. It says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall become united and cleave to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And then in Mark 10 and 8 again, and the two shall become one flesh. So this is obtainable. God desires for a husband and a wife to become one flesh. But if there's not self-denial, it's not going to happen. It has to be 
self-denial on the husband's part, self-denial on the wife's part, working together so we can become one. Uh, St. John, let's look at how Jesus did it or look at some scriptures concerning Jesus becoming one with the Father. And St. John, the 10th chapter, and verse 30, it says, I and my Father are one. What does it say? I and my Father are one. And then in St. John, the 4th chapter, verse 34, the Amplified Version, Jesus said to them, My food, my nourishment, is to do the will the pleasure of him who sent me, and to accomplish and completely finish his work. Now, let's look at this particular verse, and let's elaborate on this verse. It says, Jesus said to them, My food, my nourishment, is to do the will of him, the pleasure of him who sent me, and to accomplish and completely finish his work. So Jesus was not focused on himself. He wasn't focused on uh, his will. He was focused on the will of the Father. Jesus wasn't focusing on his pleasure. He was focusing on the pleasure of his Father. He knew the Father sent him to accomplish uh, an assignment. He was on assignment from the Father. He had a mission from the Father. He had a, a, a purpose from the Father. And so Jesus was focused on the purpose of why he was there. And he said, my nourishment, my, my pleasure. In other words, I'm not here for myself. I'm not here to accomplish my will. Why I'm here is to accomplish the will of the Father. And so Jesus was focusing on the will of the Father. He, his pleasure, Jesus obtained pleasure in doing the will of the Father. And then it says to completely finish his work. Whatever the Father sent him to do, Jesus said, I got to finish his work. I got to uh, accomplish his work. This is not about me. This is about pleasing the Father. So Jesus was pleasing the Father, and this is why Jesus was able to say, I and my Father are one, because why? He was focusing, uh, his will was focusing on the Father. His vision was the Father's will. His, his, his desire was pleasing the Father. Uh, another translation said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. And to finish his work. In other words, my, my satisfaction comes from doing the will of the Father. Now, in a marriage relationship with the husband and the wife, the wife should be saying, uh, if I can say this, the wife is the one that should say, my food is to do the will of my husband. My satisfaction, my pleasure is to do the will of my husband. Uh, when, the, when the wife, not saying that the wife is not to have her own personality, we're not saying that. Uh, she's not to have her own goals, we're not saying that. Uh, but the ultimate for the husband and the wife to be one, somebody has to lay down their will. Somebody has to lay down uh, what I want to accomplish. And the wife is the helpmeet, and the helpmeet is the one that is flexible, adaptable, conformable. She is the one that will conform to the will of her husband. And in so doing that, God will cause her later on in life, God will bring her back to that place where, uh, where she will reap the benefits of laying down her will at the beginning, God will highly exalt her. God will bring her to the place that she will uh, be satisfied in doing the will of her husband. And then God will call her to reap the benefits of, of laying down, you know, sacrificing herself for the goal of one vision. Because it can't be two visions. Because if there's two visions, it's going to be division. Um, so the wife comes into the marriage, 
laying down her will, laying down what she want to accomplish. And then when God sees that she sacrificed herself, she's, she's laying down her will, then God will in turn cause her to reap the benefits of laying down her will. Now, that's the process because that doesn't happen overnight because as a wife, we have some things that we want to accomplish as well. But when I understand as a wife my purpose, when I understand that I'm not here just like Jesus, I'm not here to for my own satisfaction, uh, and I'm bringing balance to that because we're not saying that the wife should be uh, a robot. We're not saying that the wife shouldn't have her own desires, her own goals, and we're not saying any of that because there's nothing wrong with that. But God will allow the wife to to reap the benefits. God will allow the wife to, to receive all that's in her heart because I believe all of that that's in her heart, you know, God is the one that placed it there, some of it. <laughs> um, and so, but God will allow the wife to come to that place where she will uh, reap the rewards of laying down her her goal and laying down her, her vision and taking up the man's vision and, and taking up this is what we want to accomplish for this family. God will allow her to reap the reward of that. And God will bring her, it will be like God brings her back full circle. Because the wife will say, uh, not my will, but thine will be done. Just like Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane, it wasn't his will. Jesus said, not my will, but thine will be done. And that's the process. But if we're willing as a wife, God knows how to make it, on the, put it on the inside of us. Because he will allow us to uh, to look at the bigger picture. He will allow us to see the purpose of God. He will allow us to, to fall in love with the plan of God. And as we fall in love with the plan of God, that God will cause us to reap the reward of laying down my life and taking up my cross and following after God. And I'm following after God in my husband. The wife follows after God in her husband. So so Jesus said, I and my father are one. So the wife will come to that place where she can say, I and my husband are one. And only after, this is only accomplished after the wife comes to that place where she says, my food, my nourishment is to do the will, the pleasure of him who sent me. Now, how does the wife get to that point? that she says, uh, my food, my pleasure is to do the will of him that sent me. Only one way, and that's falling in love with the Lord Jesus Christ. Loving him. Seeing your relationship with God first, and then your relationship with your husband. I think many times um, in relationships, uh, as a wife, we have it backwards. You know, we try to satisfy our husbands first, and then we try to satisfy God. And every time we do it backwards, we're going to fall flat on our face. And we're going to miss it big time as a wife. We will miss it every single time because I'm trying to bring satisfaction. I'm trying to please my husband when it's about pleasing God first and then pleasing my husband. When I learn how as a wife, to fall in love with God, loving God uh, with all my heart, loving God with all my mind, loving God with all my soul, loving God with all my strength, then and only then can I say um, uh, that my, my will, my food, my nourishment, my pleasure is to do the will of him that sent me and to accomplish and finish his work. And what's the work that the wife will finish? Uh, the vision that God has given her husband for the family. But it's our relationship with God first. My relationship with God, spending, uh, building my relationship with God on a day-to-day -day basis, falling in love with God, loving him. And if you have not come to that place, you can ask God. Say, God, help me. Show me how to love you, God. 
Show me how to love you with all my heart. Show me how to love you with all my strength. Show me how to love you with all my mind. Show me how to love you with all my soul. And I believe that uh, if we will ask God, uh, ladies, then God will help us as a wife. If we, if we will ask God, then the Spirit of God will help us. If we will fall on our face and say, God, I don't know how to do this. I, I, I want to walk one with my husband, but I need to learn how to walk one with you first. I need to learn how to love you with all my heart. I need to learn how to love you with all my soul. I need to learn how to love you with all my strength. Uh, I need to learn how to love you. Uh, and if you will ask God, ladies, then God will help us. He will show us how. And then if he shows us how, we can turn around and show our daughters how to love God with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their mind, with all their strength. And then when they get married one day and when they have a husband, then because we have shown them how to love God first, then it will be easy for them to love uh, their spouses because they've learned how to have that relationship with God first and then that relationship with their spouse. And this is why we have... So many problems in marriages because the wife is trying to, she's put her husband in a place in her heart where God needs to be. And she, and then when the husband makes mistakes, then, you know, she, she struggles with the mistake. Uh, she struggles in forgiving the husband. She struggles in, in listening to the husband. She struggles in submitting to the husband because why? She placed her husband uh, in a place in her heart where only God should be. And if, if, if she did that, this is why she's struggling in her marriage. This is why we struggle wives. This is why we struggle uh, mothers because why? We have it backwards. We need to love God first. And once we love God first, then God will show us. He'll show me as a wife. God will show me how to love my husband because I'm learning how to submit to God. If I'm struggling loving my husband, then I need to ask myself, am I struggling loving God? If I'm struggling submitting to my husband, then I need to ask myself, am I struggling submitting to God? If I'm struggling uh, uh, listening to when my husband is sharing things with me, uh, am I struggling listening to God? Because it is, it re it's revealed, my relationship is revealed um, in my relationship with my husband. It's revealed in my relationship with God. Uh, and so God wants me to learn how to love him first, and then and only then can I learn how to love my husband. God wants me to submit to him first, and then I can submit to my husband. When I can listen to God, when I can hear God, then I can listen to my husband, and I can hear my husband. But Jesus said, my food, my nourishment is to do the will of him who sent me, the Father. I got, Jesus was saying, I get pleasure in, in doing the will of the Father. Jesus was saying, my nourishment, I enjoy doing the will of my Father. I take pleasure in doing the will of my Father. It's not a struggle for me to do the will of my Father. It's, I don't find, uh, uh, you know, it, uh, uh, bearing and, and hard doing the will of the Father. Why? I enjoy it. And if I enjoy it, then I want to completely finish every assignment that he's given me to do. Uh, in St. John, the sixth chapter, and verse 38, it says, For I came not down, or I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. In other words, Jesus has said, I'm not here for my own, of my own accord. I'm not here to do my own thing. I'm not here seeking my own pleasure. I'm not here seeking my own will. I'm not trying to, to bring everybody unto me. This is about my father. I'm here on assignment from my father. And because I'm focusing on my father, because I only have a vision for my father, then I'm here to, to please my father. Then because I only want to please him, this is how Jesus was able to become one with the father because he only had a vision for the father. So as a wife, do I only have a vision for my husband? 
Do I only have uh, satisfaction for my husband? Uh, am I here to do the will of my husband? Am I seeking to do the pleasure of my husband? It is revealed in my relationship with my Heavenly Father. If I can do the will of my Heavenly Father, then I can do the will of my husband. If I can submit to my Heavenly Father, then I can submit to my husband. If I can find pleasure in my Heavenly Father, then I can find pleasure in my husband. If I can submit to my, hus to my Heavenly Father, then I can submit to my husband. In St. John, the sixth chapter, and verse 40, it says, This is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in the Son or believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up as, at the last day. So this is the will of him who sent me, the will of him who sent me, the will of the Father that sent me. And if you see the Father, or if you see me, then you see the Father. Or if you see the Father, you see me. But I and the Father, we're one. So I believe that God desires for the wife to come to that place that people, when they see the wife, they can say, wow, I see, the, I see her husband. I can tell who she's married to. Um, she's married to uh, Mr. So-and-so. She's married to uh, Brother So-and-so. I, I can tell that's her, her husband because when I see her, I see her husband. Can people say that about you, uh, wife, if you're listening? Can people say that about you, that when they see you, they see your husband, when they hear you, they hear your husband, and we, we're talking about if he's a man of God, um, and if he's following after God uh, with all his heart, mind, soul, and strength, and you're submitting to him, and you're submitting to his authority, and you're lifting him up, you're praying for him, you're interceding for him, and then when people see you, they see uh, your husband. When people hear you, they hear your husband. Because why? You and your husband are one, and, and you're not here to do your own will. You're not here trying to make a name for yourself, but you're here to do the will of your husband. You're here to do the will of your father, and if you're here to do the will of your father, then you're here to do the will of your husband. And so, therefore, people will look at you and say, wow, I can tell they won. I can, I can, I can see that they're one. Uh, she, she sounds like him. Uh, she even talks like him. Uh, she even, you know, when she's, when she's speaking, I can just hear him. People see that. Do people see that? And, and don't you know, Satan is going to fight you tooth and nail. I mean, he's going to fight you every step of the way because he does not desire for the husband and wife to become one flesh. He's fighting the agreement. He's fighting uh, you and your husband becoming one. He's fighting you and your husband becoming united, being together. He's fighting that. And and we must not allow him to get the victory in that area. And the only way Satan will not have the victory in that area is because I am not here to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the place that God desires for the wife to become with her husband. Let, let's look at something else. Let's take it a step further. Um, in Hebrews, the 12th chapter. And verse 1 through 3. And I'm going to read this from uh, the New Living Bible. That's Hebrews, the 12th chapter, and verse 1 through 3. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, to what? The life of faith. Becoming one with your husband, ladies, wives, is a life of faith. You cannot do this of your own, in your own strength. You cannot do this apart from the spirit of the living God. You cannot do this because, again, Satan doesn't want you to be one with your husband. And so he's going to always be warring with your mind 
telling you to, to you know, try to pull you away, uh, to make you think it's always better on the other side, to make you think that you're losing out on something when you're really not. He's 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 gonna uh, uh, go after you and make you think that you can have it better over here. You can have it better if you did this. So Satan is gonna fight you from walking one with your husband. But notice what it says: since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to this life of faith, this is a life of faith. Becoming one with your husband is a life of faith, and it's not gonna happen if you don't have a single vision. You gotta have a single vision. This vision that I have is the vision of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's God's will for me to be one with my husband. It's God's desire for me to become one flesh with my husband. It's a life of faith. And so, therefore, I'm going to deny myself. I'm, I'm going to walk out to God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. I'm going to fall in love with God so I can see the bigger picture and see what it is that God wants to accomplish in this marriage because God brought me together, united me with uh, as one in holy matrimony with my man of God because God desires for us to be one flesh. God desires us to accomplish something for him. And so, therefore, if I don't deny myself uh, in this life of flesh, it will not happen. I have to deny myself. I have to put Kathy on the cross. I have to see the bigger picture. I have to fall in love with God, fall in love and love him with my heart, all my mind, all my soul, all my strength, all my emotions, all my intellect. I have to learn how to love God. And I have to demonstrate this life of faith every day. I, if I miss it one day, then I'm on my way out. But I can repent, ask God to forgive me, and get back in the race because I'm surrounded by a huge crowd of witnesses to this life of faith. And then it says, let us strip off, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. So, ladies, what is slowing you down? What is hindering you? What, what is going on in your life? What is a weight in your life that is slowing you down, that is hindering you? Look at your life. It's not hard. <laughs> it's not hard for you and I to look at ourselves and say, okay, now what's the thing that's hindering me from walking one with my husband? That I can say like Jesus said, I and my husband are one because why? I have stripped off every weight that is slowing me down. You know, God gave me an illustration one time, and, and God said that this weight is almost like I'm walking. Now, I want you to picture this. You're walking, and all of a sudden, you step on some gum. Anybody ever been walking and stepped on some gum, some chewing gum that somebody just throw down on the ground? And it doesn't even matter what the shoes are that you have on, but your shoe, the heel of your shoe is sticking to this gum. And every time you try to walk, it is sticking there. It is there. It goes along with you until you make a decision. Say, you know what? i got to get rid of this gum. It's just following me everywhere. And so you take your shoe and you scrape it off. You go to the edge of the sidewalk or, or you get something and you scrape off the gum. Until you make a decision, that's how the weight is. Until you make a decision to stop and remove that weight away from you, it's going to follow you everywhere you go. You can try and get in a different environment. You can even change locations. But until you make a decision, it's a choice. And the choice is... I have to remove this weight because it's slowing me down, and it's slowing up the progress. It's hindering the progress of God in this marriage. So I must make a decision to get rid of the weight, choose not to allow the weight to hinder me any longer. From this day forward, I will not allow this weight to hinder me in my marriage, in my relationship with God, first of all, and in my relationship with my husband. See it as it's hindering not just the marriage, but it's hindering your relationship with God. And until you make a decision to remove the weight, it's going to follow you everywhere. So you got to make a decision, ladies. 
you and I, we have to make a decision. So what's the weight that's hindering you? What's slowing you down? What's setting you back? You know, you could be further along than where you are. But until you make that decision to, to get rid of the weight, it's going to continue to follow you. So it says, let's strip off every weight that slows us down. And then it says, especially the sin. So notice the weight is a sin. He said, especially the sin, the weight that slows us down, and then especially the sin that is so easily trips us up. So what is hindering you, ladies? What's the weight? Is it, uh, uh, you know, watching TV? Um, every time you come home, you don't want to spend time with your husband because you want to watch your favorite program. Um, I know I like to watch LMN. Um, I like to watch Lifetime. But I have to make a decision. Am I going to go and, and watch ESPN with my husband or am I going to watch my Lifetime movie? Which one? Uh, on a scale of the 1 to 10, uh, which, which is way and more? <laughs> i got to make a decision. I want to, if I want to be one with my husband, then that means I need to lay aside things that I, I, I want to do, Kathy wants to do, and do the things that my husband desires for me to do, or my husband likes to do. That must be bigger on the inside of me, not lifetime, not element. What my husband desires to do or like to do must be bigger on the inside of me than what Kathy wants to do because what Kathy wants to do is it maybe it's a weight maybe it's a, a sin and it's hindering the marriage so I got to make a decision it, it, it's tripping me up and it's it's not causing me this marriage to grow so I got to make a decision what is hindering me I got to strip it strip get you know get rid of it I got to strip myself of Strip it away from me. I got to renounce it. I got to put it aside and and then go and do, make a decision to follow my husband and the the path that God has chosen. He says, so every weight, I got to strip off every weight that slows us down. Now, you know what is slowing you down. You know, you know, I used to wonder uh, when the athletes, when I used to watch um, track and field, and this was years ago, I used to wonder why they only wear, you know, the outfits that they wear. You know, the ladies wear the, the, they almost look like, you know, underwears, the, the shorts, they're really, really, you know, small, um, and the, the top. You know, I used to wonder why they wear that. Now I, I understand why they wear it because anything that's that's going to be heavy on them is going to slow them down. It's going to uh, be a pull. It's going to not be able to cause them to uh, run fast around the track. Uh, so there, uh, I'm, I haven't, you know, touched or felt the material, but I'm sure the material is lightweight, and so therefore it doesn't uh, pull them back when they're trying to run. Um, you know, they got to take off the top because it's a little heavy or take off the bottom because it's a little heavy. Uh, I'm sure it's lightweight, so when they're running around the track, nothing is hindering them, and they're able to go around um, the track. So the same thing. What is causing me to be weighted down? What is causing me to not be able to keep up with the pace that my husband is at? Because, uh, you know, it's all about me, and so therefore I got to satisfy me. And, uh, and so therefore um, it, it's hindering the marriage, and it's causing the marriage to be slowed down, and it's a weight. So i got to make a decision. Either I'm going to hinder the marriage, and cause the marriage to be slowed down, or I'm going to get rid of the weight and choose to go with God in this marriage so we can fulfill the purpose of God. It's nobody's decision but your own. You can't, some, nobody can make a decision for you. My husband can't make a decision for me. I have to make a decision for myself. And so once I make that decision that I'm going to go with God, then I believe the Spirit of God will empower you and I, and he grace us to run with grace this race that you and I have to run so we can fulfill the purpose and the plan of God for this marriage. 
So he says, let us run with endurance. Let us run with endurance. Let, let us endure the race that God has set before us. Everyone that is married um, has a race to endure. Everyone um, has to make a decision that I'm going to lay aside the weight and the sin that, that's easily stripping me because why? I'm surrounded by a huge crowd of witnesses, and it's a life of faith. I cannot do it apart from the spirit of the living God. Jesus could not do it without the, uh, he said, I'm going to leave a comforter. And so the, as long as Jesus was there, Jesus was empowered uh, by the angels that came and ministered unto him. Uh, so you and I will be empowered. He's left the comforter for us. That will the comforter will, will help us. Uh, he, he comes alongside of us. Uh, he's our paracletos, uh, and he will, in, he will give us uh, the strength. Uh, he will empower us uh, to be the wife that God has called us to be, to be the mother that God has called us to be. And so he will help us. It says, let us run with endurance the race that is set, God has set before us. So there's a race um, that God has set before you. And so you have to run with endurance. Uh, and it's a choice. You don't have to uh, run with endurance. That's a choice. Uh, and so if you choose to run with endurance, then the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, uh, he will help you. He will aid you. He will assist you. He's not going to do it for you. Uh, he's going to assist you and I, and he will help us to run uh, with endurance. And in verse 2, he says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. We do it how? By keeping our eyes on Jesus. Uh, I got to fix my eyes on Jesus. I got to fix my eyes on the one that has already done it before. And if he's already done it before, then he knows what it takes for you and I, and he will help you and I. So I got to keep my eyes on him. And then it says the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. So Jesus has already done it. Jesus is the one that will show us how to do it. Uh, um, Jesus, if I keep my eyes on Jesus, he's the champion. He will initiate. He's the one, the perfecter of my faith. Uh, and so, therefore, he will help me. He will show me how. I cry out to him, and I say, Lord, uh, help me to, to lay aside the weight, Father. Help me, uh, uh, Jesus. Help me to lay aside this weight. Uh, help me to lay aside the sin that keeps tripping me up. Uh, help me to make this decision. Show me how to love you with all my heart heart, with all my mind, with all my soul, with all my strength. Uh, show me how to do it because I can't do it. And so therefore I can't do it without you, um, Jesus. Show me how to do it. And if I cry out to him, guess what? He's going to help me. Guess what? He's going to show you how. Guess what? He's going to empower you and he'll give you the strength to, to be the wife, to be the mother, uh, to be the one that will that will help your husband in the vision, to, that will help your husband uh, uh, fulfill the vision that God has given him for the family. He will help you. Amen? He will show you how. And then it says, because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. He endured the cross because of the joy that was awaiting him. So, wives, what is this saying to us? If we will endure the cross, if we will set our eyes on Jesus, and then he's because of the joy that's awaiting us, he will show us how to endure the cross. And then it says disregarding the shame. So, so Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. So, so you and I, for the joy that's set before us, we can endure our cross. Uh, I don't know what your cross is. You don't know what my cross is. It doesn't even matter. We don't have to try and figure out what our crosses are, uh, what somebody else's cross is. I just need to focus on my own cross. Amen? Uh, and I and endure the cross because of the joy that is set before me. And then I can despise the shame. I can disregard the shame. Uh, I don't have to pay attention to the shame uh, because that's not my focus. My focus is the joy that's waiting for me. The joy that's on the other side of my sacrifice, the joy that's on the other side of my losing sight of me and not focusing on me, but focusing on Christ and focusing on the one that lives on the inside of me. And for the joy that's set before me, I can endure my cross and God will show me how. It says, now he is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. Now, this is where Jesus is. 
So God, that's a, that's a place of elevation. So God has a place of elevation for you as a wife, as a mother. God has a place of elevation for you when you make a decision as a wife and say, you know what? I'm going to deny myself. You know what? I'm going to lay aside the weight. Today, I choose to lay aside the weight that's been slowing me down. Today, I choose to make a decision. I choose to go with God. I choose to follow God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. I choose to make a decision that I'm going with God. I choose to love him more. Anytime I choose anybody else or anything else over God, then I'm saying that I love them more. I love me more, uh, and I love them more. And so uh, because I love me more, I choose them rather than loving God more and choosing his perfect plan for my life. But we want to choose the perfect plan of God. Do I have any witnesses with me this morning, this afternoon, that says, I will lay aside the way I choose God. I want to go with God. I want to come to that place of elevation, that, that place of honor right alongside my husband. That's the place that I want to be. So I make a decision that I'm going to lay aside the weight. I'm going to lay aside the sin that's been hindering me, that's been pulling me back like that stick of gum, that's always going everywhere I go, here's the gum, here's the weight. But I choose to scrape it off. I choose to lay it aside so I can fix my eyes on Jesus. He's my champion. I can put my eyes on him. He's the perfecter of my faith, and the Spirit of God will help me, my comforter. He'll show me how to do it. Because of my own self, I can't do it. I need the help of the Holy Spirit. I need him to empower me. I need him to strengthen me, and he will help me. He will give me the strength. He will give me the grace, and he will show me how how to do it. He will show me how to to take up my cross and, and follow after him by following as I follow my husband that means I'm following after God and if I'm following God then I'm going to follow my husband and I'm going to follow along with the plan that God has for the McKenzie household or that the plan that God has for the Smith household or the plan that God has for the Jones household I'm going to follow after God I'm going to endure my cross for, for the joy that is set before me I'm going to disregard and lose sight of the shame and the only shame is to my flesh the only shame is to my flesh my flesh uh, want to be important and God is saying no 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 I you need to die you need to die to to self you need to die to your flesh you need to die to you that's the only way Jesus was able to say that I and my father are one because Jesus lost sight of himself and so as a wife you and I have to lose sight of ourselves. Uh, we have to pay no attention to self uh, I have to make a decision and say I want God more. This proves that I want God more because I lose sight of me. I deny me. I choose to die daily so I can take up my cross and follow after God. I want to read that same passage of scripture, uh, verse 1 through 3. I want to read that in the NIV version. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, listen, we have witnesses. We have a cloud of witnesses. They're looking. They're cheering us on. These are the saints that have already gone on before us. It says, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that thus so easily entangles. Let us make a decision. Let us put off everything that hinders us. You have to make that decision. My husband can't make that decision for me. My children can't make that decision for me. My mom, my father, my my uh, sister, my brother, they can't make that decision for me. You have to make that decision for yourself that you choose to, to throw off, to get rid of everything that is hindering you. 
uh, and run with uh, patience the race that is set before you. Then it says, let us run with perseverance. Let us persevere. In other words, let us endure long. Let, let us not allow the situation to take us out, but let us walk by grace, trusting the Spirit of God that's on the inside of us, and he will help us. It says, let us run with perseverance. Uh, the race marked out for us. There's a race uh, that God has marked out for you. There's a race that God has marked out for our daughters. We have three daughters. Uh, and there's a race that God has marked out uh, for them. And I will be their example. They will look to me and say, you know what, let me see how, you know, I don't know how to be a wife, but one day I want to be a wife. And so let me keep my eyes on my mom. Uh, you know, let me, let me focus on how, how lo you know, how she uh, loves my dad and how she submits to my father and how, you know, they, they've been married for 26 years. So, so let me see how my mom is doing it. And, and have, I, have I always done it perfectly? No. I'll be the first one to tell you that and to testify of that. No, I have not always done it perfect, perfectly. But I thank God uh, that God has graced me and God has given me the strength to, to not allow myself to fall down and play dead <laughs> and, and let the enemy walk all over me and have the victory. No, I'm going to get back up. And, and, and I missed it yesterday and I missed it last week. But guess what? I'm going to get back up and say, God, yes, I did miss it. Uh, Father, thank you for forgiving me. I repent for how I miss you, uh, and I thank you for giving me the grace. Uh, I thank you for strengthening me to, me to uh, continue in this race. I thank you for showing me how to how to uh, submit to my husband. I thank you for showing me um, how to love my husband, how to be that example unto our daughters, and, and showing them how one day uh, when they get married, they will remember how their mom missed it uh, and how she apologized, how she repented unto you, God, and asked her husband, my dad, to forgive her. She asked us to forgive us, uh, to forgive her when she missed it in front of us. Uh, and so I thank you, God, that my mom is an example unto me. Wouldn't that be awesome, ladies, to have our daughters and our, and our sons tell us one day, you know what? You know how I know how to be a, a wife unto my husband? Because I saw the example that you set before me. I saw what you did. I saw, I saw how you submitted to Daddy, and I saw how you, you know, you came and asked me and my sisters to uh, forgive you when you disrespected Daddy in front of us. Uh, and I saw how you apologized to Daddy, and, and I saw it, Mom. And so, and therefore, you know, I want to be that same uh, uh, virtuous wife uh, unto my husband. Wouldn't that be awesome to have a testimony like that? And, and, and this is why. See, we don't we don't pretend like we we know it all. We don't pretend like we you know we we've got it made in the shade and we have a perfect marriage and it's been perfect these 26 years. No, it hasn't. <laughs> no, it hasn't been perfect. And, and and I'm sure my husband can say the same thing. No, it hasn't been perfect. But thank God for His grace and thank God for His mercy. And thank God that God didn't wipe us away in our sin, but in our sin, he loved us. And his perfect love on the inside of us is helping us to, to be the wife and to be the husband that he's called us to be. You know, I'm reminded of the scripture in Psalms uh, 138 and verse 8. It says, God is perfecting that which concerns you. So God is perfecting everything that concerns you as a wife. God is perfecting everything that concerns you as a husband. God is perfecting that. And and going back to what we said earlier, how God has brought two imperfect people together to perfect his love on the inside of these two imperfect people. God uses me to perfect my husband's love, uh, and God uses my husband to perfect the love of Christ in me. So it's the love of Christ in us that God is perfecting. So God is perfecting everything that concerns me as a wife. He's perfecting everything that concerns me as a mother. He's perfecting everything that concerns me as a sister, as a daughter, as a servant of the Most High God. God is perfecting me. He's perfecting his love on the inside of me. So it says, let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. So this race, 
this race, this race is a, is we, we have a, we're living this life of faith and, and God is perfecting everything that concerns us as we persevere in this race that is marked out for us. In verse 2 it says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Now we don't see Jesus, but we see Jesus in people. So you need to find somebody that you can fix your eyes upon um, as a wife because, again, you don't see Jesus, but you see Jesus in somebody. So is there somebody as a wife that you can fix your eyes upon and say, you know what, I need to keep my eyes on this person because this, now we're not talking about uh, 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 people that you may look at and say, well, you know what, uh, I, I don't see nobody that is, that's perfecting Christ. Well, you're not going to see no perfect marriage, <laughs> no, not, to, not in the eyes of man, but in the eyes of God. God can use a, a, a person that you can fix your eyes upon, and that person will be an example unto you and show you how to be the wife that God has called you to be. So it says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, the perfecter of our faith, the perfecter of our faith. Jesus is the perfecter of our faith, and Jesus, as the perfecter, will perfect our faith as we keep our eyes on Jesus. It says, for the joy set before him, for the joy, do I find it a joy keeping my eyes on Jesus so I can be the wife that God has called me to be? Do I find it a joy setting my eyes on the person that God will show me that I can keep my eyes upon this person and they can, they can help me, they can mention me, and they can show me how to be the wife that God has called me to be? It says, keeping our eyes on Jesus for the joy set before him. He endured the cross for the joy set before him. Scorning is shame and set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You will not grow weary and lose heart. Consider him who endured such opposition so that you will not grow weary. Is it possible, ladies and wives, that you've grown weary because you have not considered him? You have not considered Jesus? You have not Fix your focus on Jesus. You have not made a decision to uh, lay aside the weight that is slowing you down, especially the sin that is tripping you up. You have not uh, set your eyes uh, and endured your cross. Is it possible this is why you have grown weary and you have lost heart? Yes, it is possible. It is possible. But you need to make a decision and say today, I choose to follow God today. I make a decision. I want to be the wife that God has called me to be. And I want to see my husband be the man that God has called him to be. So I make a decision to be the, the help me that God has called me to be. I make, uh, make a decision to make myself adaptable, conformable, and flexible. And I do it in the strength of the Holy Spirit. Because of myself, I, can, I cannot do it. This is what Jesus said of myself. You know, I, I can't do it. So you need to say, wives, um, that of myself, I can't do it. Jesus said, I'm here to do, you know, the will of the Father. My meat, my nourishment is to do the will of the Father. So one day I can say, my, my nourishment is to do the will of my husband. And only through the Spirit of the living God will you and I be able to say that. Because in our own self, we say, hmm, please, you know, I, I want to do my own thing. No, 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 no. This is not about... Uh, your own thing. God united you with the man, uh, a man of God, and you may say, well, he's not a man of God. Well, by faith, he's a man of God, okay? Let's just say by faith, he's a man of God. God united you with that man of God for the purpose of God to come forth. So ask yourself, is the purpose of God coming forth in this union? Is the will of the Father being done in this union, Jesus was highly exalted, and he's sitting in a place of honor besides his father. Wives, God desires for you and I to be highly exalted and sitting in a place of honor right beside our husband. But it's only, that can only take place after we have made a decision that we're going to strip off every weight that is slowing us down. And we're going to lay aside that weight, especially the sin that is hindering us. 
the sin that's causing me to be entangled. And the reason why the sin is causing me to be entangled is because not because I haven't made a decision to lay aside the weight. And notice it's a weight first, and then it becomes a sin. It's a weight, and then it's a sin. It's a weight, and then it's a sin. When I go to the gym, and I pick up the different weights, and there are different weights. You know, you have the 5-pound, you have the 10-pound, you have the 12-pound, uh, you even have the 8-pound, you have the 15-pound, and so on and so on. They keep increasing. And I believe it increases, the weight increases uh, as I allow myself to become involved with that weight, and pretty soon it becomes a sin, and then it becomes a snare, and then it becomes, I find myself entangled with it because I haven't made a decision to get rid of the weight. So when you and I make that decision to get rid of the weight and the sin that does so easily entangles us or hinders us, when we make a decision to get rid of it, then and only then can the Spirit of God help us. The Spirit of God is right there to help us. The Spirit of God is right there to assist us. The Spirit of God is right there to give us the to give us the the boost, if I could say that, that we need to become the woman of God that God has called us to be. That God can highly exalt us and grace us to be at that place of honor right alongside our husbands as we lay aside the weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. It's a choice. This is a life of faith, and it's a choice. God is not going to make me. God is not going to make you. You have to make that decision. Jesus came to that place that he said, my nourishment, my food is to do the will, the pleasure of him that sent me. It's a, it's a choice, ladies. It's a choice, wives, that you and I come to that place that we say, you know what? My food, my nourishment is to do the will, the pleasure of my husband. My husband has a vision for this family. And so I choose to flow with God and the vision that God has given my husband for this family, for the McKenzie household. I choose to follow my husband as he follows Christ. I choose to flow with the vision. So my meat, my nourishment, my, my pleasure is to do the will of my husband. My pleasure is to do the, the vision that God has given my husband for the McKenzie household. And it's a life of faith. And so, therefore, I can't do it apart from the Holy Spirit. So I need the Holy Spirit. So it's going back to my relationship with God. It's going back to me loving God with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul, with all my strength. Me falling in love with God, me loving God, having my relationship with God first, and then my relationship with my husband. And when I find pleasure in my relationship with God, I can find pleasure in my relationship with my husband. The reason why I'm not finding pleasure in my relationship with my husband is because I'm not finding pleasure in my relationship with God. The reason why I've grown weary in my relationship uh, with my husband is because I've grown weary in my relationship with God. See, because my earthly relationship is a reflection of my heavenly relationship. My natural relationship is a reflection of my spiritual relationship. What is happening naturally is what's already taken place spiritually. So that's why we want to start with our relationship with God first and then our relationship with our husband. Fall in love with God, ladies. Ask God to, to grace you to fall in love with him. Love him with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. He will help you and I when we cry out for help. When, when Peter was about to sink, when he was sinking, what did he do? He cried out to Jesus. And what did Jesus do? Jesus helped him. 
So if you and I cry out to him, won't he help us? Absolutely. Because it's his will that the two become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but they are one. So it's God's will that as a, as a wife, you become one flesh with your husband. Not your husband becoming one with you, but you becoming one with your husband. You denying yourself. You choosing to take up your cross and follow God, and then you can follow your husband. You making a decision that I choose to walk this life of faith. I choose to follow after God. I choose to, to go with God. I choose to, to join myself with God and follow the vision that God has given uh, my husband by following the vision of the Lord for my life. I choose to love God. So God will grace you and your husband to become one flesh. Says, therefore man shall leave his father and his mother and shall become united and cleave to his wife and become one flesh with his wife. And I believe that if you and I as a wife make that decision, we can set that example before our daughters, before our sons, and they will see what a perfect union of God, two imperfect people that God has brought together and God has graced them to become one because they're not seeking their own will, but they're seeking the will of the Father. I pray that you were encouraged by the word of God today. I pray God spoke something to you as a, as a couple. God spoke something to you as a wife that God desires for you to become one flesh with your husband. That is no longer two, but it's one flesh. This has been your host, Prophetess Kathy L. McKenzie. God bless you.